0: hello and welcome everyone for another episode of the cultured nerd podcast this week we're on episode six can you believe it's already six six weeks into the new year that's insane uh this week we're going to be talking about the importance of source material in the new dcu james gunn's recent announcements caused massive comic uh, a handful of comic runs to sell out on a massive scale to the point where he even had to reach out to jim lee and have them reprint these comics so uh, he name dropped a few comics in the announcements fans flocked to the stores they're sold out everywhere they're sold out online good luck trying to find them because if you don't have it already you're going to have to wait a few months but we're going to talk about the importance of these stories if they actually will be a part of the story of what James Gunn is doing and what that actually means so let's uh let's get into it and we still don't have a title card Anyways, so one of these days we'll get it finished. I just haven't got a chance to sit down and do it uh, between life, school, everything. It's been it's been a busy six weeks. So uh, bear with us, everyone. We'll have an intro very soon. It won't be anything flashy, but it'll be there and it'll it'll be fine. Um, but no, uh, before we jump into the DC stuff, I know we always like to kind of uh, talk about the uh, the unrelated stuff first, just to get it out of the way. Um, Gundam: The Witch from Mercury is in English now. Uh, they've had Episode 0 and Episode 1 both in English on Crunchyroll in a very unceremonious way. Uh, Crunchyroll just dropped them. They're like, by the way, it's English now. Um, Crunchyroll
1: has no pomp and circumstance. Things no, just don't. show up have. and disappear on there.
0: They, they've they never been that way. Funimation was very much, very much the opposite, where they'd be like, announcement time, here's everything. But then Crunchyroll bought them, and that's kind of it. Um, but um, aside from that, uh, Trigun. Is on episode three now in english and the dub is utterly fantastic um everything that i wanted from it is fantastic the show itself is darker and more exciting than i could have possibly imagined episode five i'm just I
1: like i'm not ready for them to hit yeah, these, these notes this quickly i can't believe how well They took those archetypal characters of that show and made them something new. Everything feels exciting. Everything feels new. And it's only going to get worse, Taylor. There's only going to be more kids that got messed with.
0: Yeah, because as you keep watching it, you're like, on episode three, they they introduced the gung-ho guns, like, right off the bat. And you're like, wow, that was, like, midway through second season, like, in the in the last five episodes, they introduced the gunho guns.
1: Now they're it's, doing it right off the bat. It's so much better because it defines Wolfenstein's relationship with him. <laughs> Wolfwood, like, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. But it's why is Wolfwood there? He is yeah. there as this. Is he going to kill him? Is he not going to kill him? We know that the betrayal is going to happen, but now we want to know what happens because Bash turns people. You know what I mean? His I know, character I mean, is for, so good
0: for a somewhat of a spoiler for a twenty-year-old anime. Nicholas D. Wolfwood was a member of the gung-ho guns he was a bad guy and he kind of went turncoat on them and joined up with Vash I'm really hoping they go that same route but in this new show they they've right off the bat said oh yeah Nicholas is part of the gung-ho guns they know he's doing this they're wanting him to do this so it's kind of a different angle um and then the last episode they kind of tease that he's genetically modified too just like all the other gung-ho guns so I'm very curious what they're going to do with with him now because I mean obviously he's been hit by a car
1: and few other things and got up without a scratch so he's more durable than he ever has been yeah and did you notice that he had to drink the sake liquid to shoot the laser that little that like little he took a shot and then like he like
0: covered himself up in steam and then all of a sudden boom he's shooting bazooka lasers
1: yeah which makes me wonder if our main character vash is also missing a special liquid that will turn that we will get to see whatever else they're hiding under his uh i,
0: I don't think that's the case because because vash i mean from the the initial show we know that vash isn't human and then in these last couple episodes they've already revealed that vash doesn't age because it's been like there's 25 years between multiple photos of this kid um and that whole kid storyline was creepily dark i was really like wow good for them
1: and i thought and you know what's so funny was i thought this would be like trigon of old I thought Vash was going to show up and the little kid was going to be there and they were going to fight the cult and set him on his way and everyone would learn the lesson. But it's like, no, so much worse. He already so much worse. He already failed that. This is already something he feels regret about of which he only feels regret all the time. He just is regretful about everything because of how bad everything has gotten.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm very happy with this. Um, I'm really I'm, I'm happy that these these good shows now are Available in dub for people who don't like watching subtitles, and um, I don't know about everyone. I like watching the original Japanese. I do, but I also like being allowed to be distracted when I watch things because I have kids, and if like my kid needs my attention and I
1: look away from the screen, I have to then rewind. So dubs I'm are not, useful in that regard. I'm not patient enough for dubs. So the the fact that the fact that it the the, the Japanese public saw it and then 24 hours later it's here. I love it. Yeah. But I will say, um, I like the idea of getting to rewatch things. I started rewatching yep. uh, One Punch Man just because I was like, you know, I haven't I haven't watched this the first time I watched it. I'm not and a I fan of the it. dub
0: for One Punch Man. I didn't like that
1: dub. That's fine. But I enjoyed that show so much, yeah. even going through it again. I enjoyed just getting to live that world again.
0: Yeah. Um, but no, uh so aside from that, um, I I picked up Hogwarts Legacy, the deluxe edition. I got my seventy two hour early access last night. Um I have lost myself in the world of Hogwarts, (laughs) and I will say that this game far surpasses the hype, and is far better than it has any right to be. For a game, a franchise game like this, like, which you kind of, essentially like a movie tie-in game, like, this is what they used to, like, what we always wanted movie tie-in games to be, this game is so much better than it should be.
1: And you are a movie guy. I would say you're not necessarily a Harry Potter guy. Has this game make you want to be a Harry Potter guy?
0: I mean, I saw all the movies when we were younger, when they came out. Um, I, I, I read the books. Um, I wasn't as big as some of our friends. I remember, um, like, Kevin, for instance, like, day one, wait in Line bought the books, and he, he was, like, telling us spoilers before we even had a chance to see the movie, right. which, was, which was the best. Um, but... uh I, I definitely like this game is really good. And there's so many things about it that I feel like there, there's so many technical things, like obviously having to make it for last gen and current gen with the focus on current gen, but they couldn't leave out the last gen. Um, obviously, uh, Quidditch was taken out of the game, but there's a really fun quip in the beginning of the game why it's taken out. And essentially, like this headmaster is kind of just a tool and just wants no
1: nonsense. and you to cut it out because he's like, I want you all to focus on study so I get the notoriety. So no quidditch for you guys. And isn't this basically setting up the sequel? Like the, the fact that you're already not even, what are you 5% into the game? 10% into the game. If that. Right. And you're already enjoying this experience. As long as the game doesn't shit the bucket by the end of the game, uh, you're going to want more of it. And you're going to yep. want it for that next gen console. And you're going to say, Hey, give me, Give me the flushed out version of it. Yeah. Give me the blitz ball version of this game where I can go way in depth into it.
0: Yeah. And and this game, it's, I mean, the, the only gripe that I had so far was just the lack of customization with the characters. Cause it's all presets. It's just picking the presets. Um There's like 12 different faces for boys, 12 different faces for girls. And then there's like maybe 25 different hairstyles and they're kind of just unisex. So you can have, Girl hairstyle on male faces and vice versa and things like that. You can change all the colors. There's like maybe ten to twelve colors per per option, but it's like there's no like you can't change the face shape of your face. You can't change the shape of your nose. You have to pick
1: presets. You want the El, uh, the Elden Rings character creator for this game? Is that what it is? Kind of. I mean,
0: it's always fun to take a preset and then to modify it a little bit more to make it look more like what you want. Um, kind of like with Mass Effect. Like you had the presets and then you could modify the crap out of the presets and you would think that the games that are doing that 20 years ago aren't being done in a modern game it's kind of just a i can see why there were so many other things they were focusing on but it's still kind of a bummer that they just kind of left this one as a
1: okay Listen, this is this, this i'm fine with this gripe because if you're telling me gameplay is engaging story is good uh combat i'm assuming is fun and exploration yeah. so
0: my only thing so the combat you have your basic skill set, your basic moves—you um, hit everything with the, the second trigger, and you just do it like a basic attack while you wait for your spells to, to debuff. Okay. And it can get a little repetitive if you're not paying attention, um, just because you're like pew, pew 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 pew, and then you're like, oh, wait, spell. And you click the click like R two and square. And then you're like, okay, now the guy's flying. Now I can do some more attacks. Like, um, do you have
1: good spells early on? Do you feel like like some one of my what game? I'm playing Hollow Knight. I started playing Hollow Knight. It's very difficult. I understand why people like it. But I felt like it took forever. And then the first major power-up I got was a Mega Buster. And it was like, you know, in a Mega Man game at this point, I would already have multiple other things. Yeah. Is, do you have a good opening pool of spells?
0: So in the the opening level, like the the opening intro to the game is kind of like a holy crap moment. Like it actually is a really cool hook for the game. Um, In the first tutorial dungeon essentially uh they give you two spells they teach you how to do attack they teach you how to uh use your wand as a like a flashlight and then they uh teach you how to um i can't remember the other one i think it's just like i think it's levitate stuff i don't know
1: i was about to say it's it's got to be a gameplay mechanic so yeah they're all
0: gameplay stuff right off the bat and then right after you start the school they have like here's two classes right off the bat you have to take these classes and then you learn how to um essentially just, like, to fight in one class and then you learn how to uh, pull objects to you in the other class. And it's like, you start off, as soon as they let you lose, you have your four basic spells. Like, you can repair things, you can lift things, things like that. Like, nothing too extravagant, but once the game starts rolling, you go to your classes, you do your extra stuff, and you can get, like, heavier duty attack spells. You can do fire spells, ice spells, like... They got it, summons? Can you summon dragons? Uh, no, I don't think so. If you can, I haven't got that yet. But, okay. um It's the game it's it's very much the uh the milk before the meat for, th- for the first few hours and you sure. don't want to you don't want to trick yourself into i need to explore right now because if you just go through the story stuff for the first two hours really fast it, everything opens up from there and you have what you need to start exploring so mm-hmm. just don't just get distracted right off the bat just do what you got to do and then the game lets you do the rest cool which is a lot of fun but like i said it's. Uh, it's way better than it should be. It's way better than it has any right to be. And we're on week six of 2023 and it's already the top contender for game of the year. Like it is so good. Mm. So good luck for the rest of the year. See what was, you get out of this.
1: I was about to say maybe, maybe some real robust DLC. will keep it on people's minds, but Taylor, this year has so many crazy games coming out. We have two final fantasies coming out this year. Yeah. Final fantasy 16 and seven two. Yeah. I can't, wait for seven two. the fact that the that seven is the same but brand friggin new the fact that they gave us what we thought we wanted and then went like not nah, this is what you really want and I, I was like yes this is really what i want i can't wait for it i'm so excited yeah. for it
0: give me a remake and a sequel wrapped into one i'm not ready for this but let's do it
1: i gotta play the dead space remake i haven't i i know it is out in the world i'm i i'm I, I feel confident I can find it whenever I want it. So there wasn't yeah. a real urge on that one. Um, and then in February, there's a cop game I'm gonna play. You're a lady cop with a gun and it's real hard. You have Crazy Sin City. I don't remember what it was. I have it written down it in one of my books. I'm playing that
0: game soon. Yeah. You um we got the new Legend of Zelda coming out this year.
1: We got Jedi Survivor, we got New oh, and, and, and also and also so everybody knows we would love to talk about breaking nintendo news but that's happening while we're recording this so i don't know what's i don't know what's happening there so uh, the
0: nintendo thing's tomorrow isn't it or is it today
1: i thought it was today go look you, i today? mean i thought it was today i might be wrong it could be today. i thought it just... might be today but this is what we get i thought this was going to be a good time and look at us we're already bumping into everything
0: no, it's tomorrow, February 8th. It's time. Okay, great. Okay, yeah.
1: great. We won't miss it, Taylor.
0: And it's 40 minutes, and it's going to be most, and you can only tell 10 to 15 minutes of it, it's going to be Zelda stuff. So I'm ready You think for that. so? You think it's just going to be mainly they get ready for this? Nintendo Direct this year is going to be a, the Q1, Q2 Nintendo coverage. And that's what Zelda is part of is the, the Q, Q2, I think.
1: Um, it's a big deal. I mean, it's the they're putting a lot of eggs in that basket.
0: I have so many theories about this game. And I feel like if I get some of them right, it'll spoil the crap out of that game. Wanted Dead
1: was the game I was talking okay. about. Uh, and, yeah, you can't talk about it. There's too much going on in that in the new uh, Legend of Zelda games. People are still going through it. It's 90 hours, Taylor. You can't say any of your theories.
0: I can't. Because just by the intro videos that they've shown us, I think like I, I there's going to be some heartbreak.
1: Do you think we get... I, I'm I'm aware of the dungeon structure of the game. I know that they were adding more dungeons that will go into the world. Um, how much more, the first game was so big, how much more do you want? Because it has to be all of that and then
0: more. Well, we know that this new game, there's going to be that world, an underground world and a sky world. So okay. I think there's a lot. It's going to, I the fact that is they made it work for the Switch has gotten me a little worried because I think it should have, I don't know. I
1: don't think the hardware can handle it. It's going to well, push it to the limits. Listen, the Switch is now the best-selling system minus the DS and the PlayStation 2. The PlayStation 2 was around forever and the DS also felt like it was around forever. Yeah. I think the Switch is I, the Switch is the best Game Boy they've ever made.
0: Yeah. Um but, you know, on that same note, let's um let's get to what people want to talk about. Let's talk about the DC stuff cuz that's what the big the big bit is okay um James Gunn made his announcement last week um he did ruffle some feathers over the weekend uh when a fan asked him um essentially like what's getting rebooted after The Flash and he said not everything so now a lot of people are thinking that uh his new DCU is going to have some sort of a variant angle to it where like Peacemaker Amanda Walla Aquaman Flash and one woman They're gonna those actors and actresses will be playing the same character, but in kind of a variant sense. But why does that matter? Isn't that what we want? There's so many fans who are like, it should be a total reboot, hundred percent reboot. If we can't have Henry, we shouldn't have anyone else. Blah blah blah. It's just the way I see it was that if a if that's real, if all of those characters are still staying, it's because the studio wanted them to keep the most profitable characters. I I loved Henry. I loved Ben but their projects were the least profitable of the DC EU right Man of Steel only got 50 million dollar profit same with BVS made maybe a hundred million profit like they they made profits but it's nothing like Aquaman's 400 million dollar profit it's nothing like One Woman's 300 million dollar profit even Shazam had a higher profit than Man of Steel did yeah so it would make sense that they're trying to capitalize on the profitable characters and then just reboot the rest. But at that same note, it could just be some gaslighting, some smoke screens. That like he's saying these characters are sticking around so that people will 100% commit to these movies this year, and then when they get rebooted, it's not going to be a big deal. So it could I, be
1: that. I, I yeah, we've had this conversation a couple different times in a couple different ways now. Um, we need to. If you are a fan and would like these stories to continue, you need to support these movies. Yeah. And they've already told us all of this is going to be changing. And I think maybe some of those characters, they don't want to change too much because they don't want to tell origin stories anymore. Right? Like we know, especially if they were good. You know, Wonder Woman's origin story was fine. You know what I mean? That movie did well. That's alive in people's. Change one thing about her. Right? Maybe that person never lived. Or maybe... The love of her life never happened, and it's going to happen. Great, yeah. but allow for that to be a thing. I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, and I mean, on the same note, we already know that one Woman's getting a new setup with Paradise Lost. We know that they're reestablishing Themiscara in a very different way than we saw in the Snyderverse. So um, whether or not Gal Gadot stays as Diana, that's up to question. But at the same time, we know that we're probably going to get a new Hippolyta. We're probably
1: going to get a new structure of, The mascara, And it makes sense, too, because Zack Snyder's version of it was a Greek pantheon. I mean, it was gorgeous. They're going to go to a TV budget, and we're going to see it be in sticks and stones and maybe one castle. And then when we get to other things, we will see it get built out. But it's going to start pretty bare bones.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting. We're going to see the bricks and mortar as they get laid down, which is going to be fun.
1: Very Um, Cool.
0: So on on the same note, uh, regardless of those people stay or not, it doesn't really change much. Uh, James Gunn did confirm that no character, no actor is going to play more than one character in the DCU. So if Jason Momoa stays as Aquaman, he's not playing Lobo. Simple as that. Like no one is playing two characters. Got it. Um, So very simple. So if he does end up saying Jason is now Lobo, that means he's no longer Aquaman. Simple as that. And that means that the Elseworld stuff also is out of the question because you can't play Aquaman and Elseworlds and play this character. Like you're only
1: one person on screen at a time. Simple as that. Do you think we'll get any? I'm trying to think the exception to the rule maybe a shapeshifter character. Maybe we have somebody who is actually Martian Manhunter, but it wasn't who we thought. And maybe because he can really be anybody he wants to be.
0: I think that would be too much of a bait and switch and it okay. doesn't necessarily work. It works as a fourth wall break, but it doesn't really work for the story. So, um, but on that same note, for the justice of the stories. So James Gunn made a couple of announcements this last week with um, projects. I mean, obviously we had Superman legacy and they front and center all-star Superman. They had a uh, brave and the bold all-star like, Right off the bat, uh, Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin stuff. And then uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Woman of uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, sorry. Um, these three books, within hours, went to the top selling spots of Amazon. And I think right now, if you go to Amazon, um, you cannot even pre-order Wonder Woman. Uh, no, I keep saying Wonder Woman. You can't even pre-order Supergirl because it's out. Like, it's just sold out.
1: And what's so crazy is this was something that we had talked about earlier on about what if you had gone to a movie theater and they had the comic book that this movie was based on and they were selling it there with your popcorn. This has now happened in advance and it shows what a hunger there is because the fact that these books sold the way that they did means that people are excited for these projects because comic book fans like Taylor already owned all of these books. They bought these books a long time ago yep. and know how good they are. <clears throat> these are for people that go, "Huh? What are they making this into a movie about?" and are now going to be familiarized with these stories. It's fabulous.
0: And so I mean, Supergirl right now it's back for sale. However, it's not from Amazon. It's it's third party. It's people wanting to sell their copies for bigger Whoa. amounts. They one, do, they double and triple in the price. What's it going for? One of them right off the bat, the the free delivery is not marked. is marked until the end of March. They they can't even. Comp- they say you'll get it in March or April, and they're selling it for thirty five bucks. So a twenty dollar book upscaled fifteen dollars.
1: That's not bad. That's not bad. Not bad.
0: One collectible, which means the book is sealed, brand new, never been read. One hundred twenty nine dollars. You'll get it in a few days. <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. Insane, right? Right. And then let's go into a Grant Morrison's Batman because that was the other book that was sold out was not even just his uh individual runs the actual omnibus sold out and mm. so grant morrison omnibus number one originally for 75 dollars, it's for sale for 41 it is temporarily out of stock you feel free to order it now but we'll deliver it when it's available that's how
1: it is yeah they're they're are they don't know they don't even know how many more are going to come in
0: yeah um, and then All-Star Superman, because All-Star Superman had so many different variations. I was
1: about to say, it, isn't it already had like four or five runs. Haven't they printed it a bunch of times?
0: So the paperback is still available because they have the standard paperback. They have a deluxe edition. And then they also have uh, the individual issues. They've got, uh, and right now, the individuals are going for crazy amounts. Yep. Um, also Superman Volume 1 sold out. Volume 2, just the second part, Twenty-two dollars for that single single chunk, Um, and then uh, okay. So also Superman re-release special edition. You can get that one for like six bucks, but it's not the original one. It's the BVS tie-in cover. Um, It's not bad actually, Uh, but the Absolute Edition—that's the one that everyone's after. Normally, it's a hundred bucks. Right now, one hundred ninety on Amazon. Double the price. Yeah, Yeah. but mind you, Absolute Editions are like.
1: just to uh, huge, give y'all an idea yeah it's a huge book It's bound. absolute
0: editions are hardcore, they're big and they include wow. just giant prints of the book, but at the end every one of them comes with all of like concept art and script stuff, like here's script layouts and I love the smell of like comics like when they're
1: actual paper, not the glossy stuff uh, I wonder how reading it that much bigger, it makes it feel oh, so much more cinematic. I, I love it. I love reading the, the, these cause like, it's like, um,
0: I don't know. I always like imagine like being on a podium and like laying it down. Cause like, they're so big. Yeah. Um, so good. Um, I have a few absolutes. I've got absolute, uh, long
1: Halloween, absolute haunted night and absolute hush. Um, you, you just said what makes it an absolute is that it has all of those things yeah, how many is. issues is usually these runs because that was a pretty big the entire run is... okay um so like
0: absolute editions are essentially like you have absolutes and you have omnibuses and they're kind of the same idea absolutes are self-contained runs um like for batman hush i think it was 12 issues
1: yeah it's those two books so it's like
0: <laughs> those two little books. It's twelve issues. So essentially twelve issues plus all the tie-in stuff, all the toy stuff. Like there's even pages where like here's all the DC direct original toys that we released, and they have like the initial designs and the shots of the figures and all that fun stuff. Um so it's all it's all really, really cool stuff. If you're a diehard fan, absolutes are the way to go. I love them. But now I was about the to absolute say absolute editions of these
1: books are gone. Good luck finding them. Well, let's say some people hear us talking about it and they want to get these things. The books are going to open up. Can they just get the, would you say the Omnibus or can, is there like a regular edition of this stuff? That's, you know, hundred percent, but okay. right now, those are
0: the ones that are selling out. Like I, I went to a few different comic book stores over the weekend to kind of just see if some of these books were still there. They were the ones that were picked out. Wow. Um, everything with Grant Morrison's name on it was sold out at three comic shops. I went to, including Barnes and Noble. That was also completely sold out. Um, and these are just the three books that I looked at, like the the Grant Morrison Omnibus, good luck finding that because that was yep. sold out everywhere. The individual issues, the Batman and Robin, the Son of Batman, all that stuff was was all gone. Um, same with the Supergirl stuff, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. The individual issues at my comic shops were sold out as well as the, the trades. Um, and then uh, other things, the uh, Swamp Thing runs have been selling out. Uh, Booster Gold runs were selling out. Even... Um, the authority Omnibus sold out too.
1: You know, this, it, it, I, I love hearing this because, you know, I, I keep seeing these doomsday videos from comic book shop owners and talking about not being able to drive traffic and stuff into these stores. And for James Gunn to take this platform and to really elevate these stories and say, you know, this is, you know, you had to show me secret slides of what Zack Snyder wanted to do. The fact he's like, This is the imagery I want. These are the stories and stuff like that. That's a really big deal. And I think the
0: big thing is, like, so is is James Gunn, did he announce these things? Did he tell everyone these things to boost comic sales? Or did he tell them because he's legitimately looking at these as inspiration? And not just standard inspiration, but is (laughs) he... he
1: You know, he didn't do this to sell comic books because if that was the case, they They wouldn't have have ran out. Right, there would have been a stock and all of a sudden, oh, there's books everywhere. They ran out, Taylor. They don't, I don't think they thought this was going to happen.
0: So the question is, in the past, we have had movies that have loosely adapted these, these stories. I mean, you had The Dark Knight and The Batman that both took inspiration from The Long Halloween, some of which in the, in the, the dark Knight where they took almost actual key visuals. Like there was the 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 money stack that was being burned. That was a key visual. But in the movie, in the book, it was done by Harvey Dent. And in the movie, it was done by the Joker. And two different very reasons. The imagery is still there. The I believe in Harvey Dent, that was in both the book and the movie. Uh, but that's about it. I mean, it was they took some some imagery, they took some some words shot for shot but it's nothing like the last of us where it's almost a one-to-one adaptation the question is these new these new projects are they going to go that same route where you're going to have this like slight connective tissue to the comics or do you think they're actually going to say like this is not like obviously all-star superman incorporated a ton of superman lore a ton of different stories do you think some of those characters will pop up in the film? Do you think some of these this imagery of Superman flying to the sun, Superman? Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like a lot of these stories, they have to. I mean, if you're going to name the movie Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and you have a book that is the same thing, are we going to see closer to that story where Kara is going through this like jaded world and like you see the hardships before she gets to Earth, or are you going to see what we got with Marvel civil war, where then it's the story and name only
1: with a couple details, sort of similar, but that's about it. So it's a very interesting question. I feel like if Superman is going to be the Superman, all of these DC fans keep talking about, I think we want her. I think we see her hardships. I, I, I think we need to know that world of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's going to be a DC cinematic universe feel to these stories. I think that you're I think you're right. I think they are gonna take, but I think they're gonna be pretty much broad strokes. It reminds me in Peacemaker. What was the crazy Batman, like the Bat Demon that they kept talking about? Oh, Batmite? Yes. And they were like, You're telling me Batmite exists. And they're like, Yes, Batmite is something that exists in this world. Where it was like very clearly putting down these breadcrumbs of like, hey, this is here if we ever want to use it. I think that's going to be true here. And I think the lore they're going to touch on is going to be really deep. I think they're going to touch on a ton of lore and then figure out ways to sprinkle it in there later on. Right. And mind you, so to kind of give the summary of of All-Star Suitman, I know that the the
0: boys doing the comics show was going to touch on this a little bit later. Great.
1: Let's give the the
0: 30-second version. So All-Star Superman is essentially Superman's ending. It's not the beginning it's it's uh, he starts off with him studying with a Dr. Leo Quintum, Quantum, I'm not sure I can't remember. Um essentially Lex Luthor sabotaged parts of the sun. Superman flies to the sun to try to fix the issue, save the guy. Um it overcharges his his cells and he basically is like you're you're going to die. You overdid it. You now have this new electric power but you're going to you're eventually going to explode like your, your party your, your body's going to die so in the process of him knowing that he is now going to die he reveals his identity to Lois Lane he takes her to the Fortress of Solitude you get the big ice structure you get the big museum you get all that stuff you you have the references to how he had the giant key at one point now he has a little pocket-sized key made of like this crazy dwarf star metal he gives Lois a birthday present which is essentially a, a potion made from his DNA to give her powers for 24 hours so she can see what he sees she becomes become Mormon for a day. They stop a, mon- a monster attack in Metropolis. Everything's great. Um, you meet uh, Samson, Atlas, the Ultra Sphinx. Superman has to go through these trials of strength, of, of intelligence, all these things. Um, one part of the story, he actually, uh, Clark meets Lex Luthor for an interview at Strikers Island. Um, the uh, Parasite is involved. Parasite smells uh, Superman. Breaks out. And there's this big battle between parasite and and superman which is really fun um more stuff happens while superman is like accomplishing his like 12 labors of superman before he dies he uh he leaves to go like find uh the bottled city of kandor a new home so he finds them a smaller galaxy where they can fit when he comes back he finds a couple of kryptonians have come to earth and like taken over metropolis um but then then like a, it's kind of like a uh war of the worlds kind of scenario where eventually the, the bacteria of earth starts to kill them so he tries yeah. to save them um and then um Le- lex Luthor gets his gets superman powers and uh they have this big battle and then lex luther actually stops fighting because he realizes what superman actually sees and says holy crap this is what you see this is the you see these waves of energy you see the atoms you see it's all connected i never understood the world that you see and now i understand why you are the way you are i'm sorry and he
1: like stopped um and then superman dies so science on. it's all it's all wonderful science, fici- science yeah. fiction. science yeah. fiction jesus stuff um, it's putting his character through that lens
0: right and so the, and there's the deviation between the animated movie and then the comic and the comic dr quantum reveals that he is now in part of a new project called Super project s which is now uh they're going to basically regrow superman from the ground up memories intact and everything in the animated movie uh after Lex had his big change of heart, he rewrote Superman's DNA from the ground up and gave it to Lois as a gift saying, I will bring Superman back because the world needs him. And it was like this really cool turning point for the character, but um, essentially it's the, it's kind of a dissection of the character, of, of every aspect. You see Superman from the, um, as Superman, you see his intelligence, you see his strength, you see his relationships with Lois, with Jimmy, with, with, uh, Lex Luther, everybody and it wraps it all nicely and then it even has these character development moments where you have Lex uh, realize that Superman is necessary so um, it's a very cool book I don't see them adapting that at all in the first outing but I yeah. do see them adapting parts of it like the the interview with uh, Clark and Luther where Luther yes. is basically like I like you Clark you're, you're the salt of the earth kind of guy um, unlike Superman and like he just his Lex Luthor's own hubris can't see that they're the same person, but he likes Clark for who he is, but he hates Superman for who he is, but doesn't see that they're the same person.
1: I hope um, they don't do Lois getting powers, and I also hope they don't do the Kryptonians. I feel yeah. like we've had a lot of Kryptonians, but you could have the the Candor storyline and he comes back and any, any number of villains has yeah. moved in in his absence, and that would be pretty cool
0: yeah um that'd be interesting um I do think that uh we'll probably see Parasite I think that whole angle of the story was really cool um I could see them adapting that Parasite story very well and that'd be a very cool like we're not adapting all of all-star Superman but let's adapt issue three where Superman versus Parasite let's do that one and that that'd be a really fun angle to do it because it's established Superman it's established Lex
1: Parasite has interacted before but here he is again I also think that the idea that Superman is going to die is a really great character motivation on the film where maybe the movie ends with him doing fighting parasite and then having to stop the sun. And the movie ends with him being like, Hey, you're going to die Superman credits. And then we can see him maybe do different labors of love because I do, I, He will come back. I do like that it ends in that way. And whether they go the animated route or the comic book route, I think either one is fine. Um, But we need to set up that world. And I feel like we are because Superman has to go away. That's why Supergirl is showing up, right? Well, I mean, part
0: of Supergirl's story is how she's jaded and hopeless. And then when she finally comes to
1: Earth and meets her, her baby cousin, who's now an adult, he shows her the better way. So, and I can absolutely see why okay. this story fits into that Superman story. Yeah. And maybe that is the catalyst of that movie where he goes, hey, I'm dying. I I want to let you know that, you know, you you have to carry this hope banner for me. Uh, I think, honestly, I don't I don't think they'll go that route. I think that'd be a mistake
0: to right off the bat say, by the way, here's a new Superman. And by the way, he's dying in a couple movies.
1: Okay, that well, they're be... going to bring him back from the ground up though. They're going to grow his cells. It's the maybe. same.
0: Maybe, maybe, we'll see. I feel like that might just be too soon. I mean, you have enough fans who are already upset at the idea that Henry Cavill didn't fit the Superman that we have here. And and essentially, Henry is the age of the all-star Superman that we, we have. So they could have just adapted all-star Superman with Henry and then wrapped up that. But um, I think what we're probably going to see is a lot of the relationships taken from it. Um, yes. A lot of the... Um, C- certain aspects of it like the fortress of solitude being front and center again superman collecting alien mementos essentially his uh his zoo essentially <laughs> like um i could see him have the fortress with his robotic um super beings kind of like walking around and his caretakers all being there um
1: and 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 when you say all that stuff, I instantly think of George Lucas and like, yes, audiences want a fun, silly robot walking around that says silly things to Superman. Like, yeah. yeah. And you make a comedian be that voice. And that's like a really fun thing. You could.
0: And I, I, maybe people would like that. A lot of people wouldn't, but we'll see what they do. Um, but aside from
1: all that, we have the Grant Morrison Batman, which is- I, I, Yeah, thank you so much. Let's talk Batman. about Batman because I feel like this is the- They've waffling with Batman for so long and we've only ever, we only ever get to scratch the surface. It's been 20 years since Robin. I mean, how long has it been? Was it 96, 95 for what? When Robin was introduced, oh, when we got Batman, Batman forever. Robin. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since Robin. I think it was 95, right? Uh yeah. I, I am excited for Batman to be a dad. I cannot wait for Baby's Day out in Gotham City. It is, It there's so many great things they get to pull from.
0: So, um, Grant Morrison's run on Batman uh, started in 2006, and it lasted for seven years. He had a giant, giant run with this character. Um, he re-canonized Damian Wayne, because Damian Wayne was actually first introduced in a, a subcomic called Batman's son of the demon in 87. Um, and then Which I
1: asked Taylor about, I said, was, did he make up Damian Wayne? And Taylor said, no, this is what it happened, but he was not popular. Correct.
0: Right. Uh, it was a, it was kind of a one shot. It was essentially like the killing joke where this was a cool idea. And then they kind of canonized it later. Um, and this was that later. So they recanonized it. So Damian Wayne get, got introduced and, um, the, I, the story first started with Batman and Son, right off the bat. Uh, Talia shows up. I have your son. By the way, remember that time we knocked boots 10 years ago? Here he is. Um, basically, there was some concerns with the uh, with the League of Shadows. Uh, they were being hunted, and she needed her, her son to be kept safe. Um, as those stories went on, as uh, Grant Morrison kept telling his story... Um, he went through, uh, Batman dying, Damien, uh, the battle of the cowl, essentially where everyone was like, I should be Batman. I should be Batman. Uh, Dick Grayson finally taking the cowl and becoming Batman to Damien's Robin. We know now that this story, as James Gunn said it multiple times is a father son story. So this is not going to be the Dick Grayson Batman with the, the Damien Robin. It's going to be Damien Robin with Bruce Wayne dad.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be step it's gonna be stepbrothers, right? It's gonna we be do, will yeah. it's gonna be Will Ferrell and the other guy, <laughs> John C. Riley, and Batman choosing his love over them. So we
0: we know that um, he also said in other interviews that this is also going to include cameos from the Bat family. So we probably ex- should expect hundred percent should expect a Nightwing for starters. Probably going to get a reference to a dead Jason Todd, and we're probably going to see. Hopefully, we're probably going to see um, Tim Drake. Oh, because, not, Barb, not Barbara Gordon, Batgirl? Well, probably. She'll probably have a reference. Maybe she's Oracle by this point. Maybe that's the way they start her off. Ugh, um, rough. <laughs> um, but in the Batman and Son, there was a part where um, Tim Drake and uh, Damien go at it. And Damien beats the crap out of Tim Drake, puts on Jason's Robin costume and says, anyone should be my father's heir. Anyone should be his Robin. It's me. So that would be a very fun spot to start the story
1: with. And I think- Is Tim Drake, his, was the Robin while- well. Yeah. At that time, Dick Grayson had gone to Nightwing. Does Tim Drake ever, what does he move on from? Did he ever graduate from Robin to something else? He
0: did, he did. He actually, when he left the Titans, when uh, when uh, Damien took over as Robin, um, he adapted the Red Robin persona, which was something that Dick, Dick Grayson used in Kingdom Come. Yeah. Um, so he became the Red Robin- um, and then they had a very silly storyline where they said, "No, his now now he's just called the Drake." And I'm like, "Why would Tim Drake use half of it? Use his name as his persona? Stupid." Yeah, Red Stupid. Robin's a pretty good Red outfit Robin, too. Red Robin was pretty straightforward. They had the initial one with the uh, essentially the Batman mask without the ears. That, yeah, and then they had that costume for a bit. Then they in the New Fifty Two they gave him a new costume where he kind of looked like the Vulture from uh, Spider Man. Where he had like the metal wings. Um, and then they went back to kind of a more traditional Robin costume, but with the RR instead of just
1: the one R. Great. Um, they can they can go that route if they Yo, want. Well, I I just like we were talking about how we could have multiple Batmans, I would love for Batman to have a Robin and for the new Robin to come in there and kick his ass. That's a great, that's a great first act one fight scene.
0: Yeah, do that scene, and then you have Tim say, I, I need to leave. This isn't working. I want you to do this. I'm gonna go to San Francisco and be with. Yep dicks old team and that's you set up the titans yep so simple as that um so we have we have those two stories uh for people who can't get grant morrison's omnibus track down batman and son that would be a good starting point of what we should probably expect
1: uh also you could check your local libraries and if you have the libby app and have a library card there's so many digital comic books that you can check out sure. and just read now it, they have huge catalogs of this stuff and you know please purchase these things and support these artists and not just pirate all of these things because unfortunately that will also happen as these things aren't available quick enough yeah
0: um i always say that the easiest way to go is if you can't find these books in person or online don't pirate them just spend the seven bucks download the dc universe app
1: oh sure. and just read it digitally yeah
0: yeah. That's great. So, it's always always fun. Um but lastly, you have um what's the yeah, what's the Swamp Thing story? What's so, the... I mean there's there's a lot we could kind of expect with Swamp Thing. So with Swamp Thing, we know that his most iconic runs were the runs that were done by uh by Alan Moore. Um but Swamp Thing as we saw with the TV show, you have Alec Um, Alec Holland I think right Alec Holland Um, a scientist uh, dies the green takes his body and creates the swamp thing with it Um, in some capacity of the comics you had uh, Alec deal with the the reality that maybe he's not Alec anymore that the memories of Alec are in him but Alec died so swamp thing has has his own little identity crisis like was I ever human was I a product of the swamp or do I just have this guy's memories?
1: That's good. That's a good, that's, that's, that's a great starting point for any place in a movie. Yeah. That's a great spot.
0: Um, and Swamp Thing is very known to have a lot of these darker characters uh, accompany him. Like, you have Madame, Madame Xanadu, which has always been a huge aspect of s- certain things within his story. You had um, in the TV show, you even had the, the
1: Blue Devil as a supporting character. The Phantom Stranger as a supporting character. And also yeah. Swamp Thing kills people, right? Oh, he, yeah drags them and holds their head under the swamp and pulls people into the ground and puts root systems inside. He kills people.
0: He is, he is essentially the physical embodiment of the wrath of mother nature. Right. And if you are causing damage to the green and you are threatening the earth, you're going to become a part of it. <laughs> and that's how he is. He's
1: like, I'm going to bring you down to the swamp and you're done. I um, wonder how big they go. Because every swamp, the, the the Swamp Thing examples we've had, it's in the swamp. You know, he fights guys and stuff like that. But like, what if he like decides uh, San Diego has 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 in, has uh, hurt the Mother Earth's wrath, and I have come to stop you. You know what I mean? Like, does he like destroy all of an island or something like that? So that's not so much Swamp Thing as what well. I mean.
0: Some in some aspects, Swamp Thing does get that kind of vicious, but his. Um... His domain was always the swamp because it was like the the heart of the green, and as long as the green um, was uh, being protected, um, he was kind of content staying there. And in so, some stories, like in a Brightest Day, where the the green got shifted to like Gotham Central Park, he then started covering that. Um, but mostly, he doesn't leave the swamp unless there's a necessity to it. And in the uh, the now. I think we could probably do a really fun story time out for this one. Um, when Guillermo del Toro wrote his uh, his script for Justice League Dark, uh, a.k.a. Heaven Sent, um, Swamp Thing left the green because the rot was affecting the Earth. Oh, and wow. you had the green and the rot were like two sides to the, the same coin and they had to be in balance. And when one started to overcome the other, he had to step in and stop the rot from being a thing.
1: All... Um, all... Such Gabriel del Toro ideas of the yeah. Earth fighting the Earth and all of that stuff. It's like, yeah, I can see why that was his movie.
0: Yeah, and honestly, it was a really cool one because uh, you had the Floranic Man was like one of the main villains, which is essentially like a bad guy version of Swamp Thing. Sure. Um, but realistically, with Swamp Thing, you don't need to grab much of anything to get the gist of it. You can watch the show. You can watch the 80s movie, and they kind of tell that same story. Um, pick up any Swamp Thing comic. And they kind of give you a perfect representation of the character. Um, if you can find Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, you'll get the, probably the best interpretation of the character. But I think Swamp Thing is not a hard, complex character to do because what made him good is what made him everlasting, and then every story that's ever told him sticks with that. They don't reinvent the wheel with Swamp Thing. They they so do you think we're gonna get? It.
1: So do you think we're gonna get the Nightmare on Elm Street with? our favorite boogeyman just ripping dudes apart with, with vines and stuff like that for, cause he said horror and he yep. said genre and it not feeling like a superhero movie. It would be interesting to see if they go kind of like
0: with a TV show where there's part of Holland that wants to be human. And then there's a the part that's part of the swamp. So the swamp side is like this feral side of them that wants to, that kills everything. Mm. And you kind of get this duality of like this werewolf, of a thing where like i want to be human so i want to control this but the swamp wants to also protect itself so it will do what it wants
1: with me Um, that's a very cool that's a very cool idea
0: we could do something that would be a lot of fun and i hope that's the kind of the route they go and if they do go the horror route i would like to see them introduce the rot. i would like to see them set up the Floranic man i would like to see them do those things it'd be fun if they actually just said that swamp thing has been around for 20 years and he's a myth and now here's the Floranic man and committing these monstrosities and now people are hunting for the swamp thing but it's actually this other dude
1: who looks like him. Ooh, that's a really fun idea. And then have the real Swamp Thing show up and go, "What are you doing? Why are yeah. you? Why are you doing so this?" we
0: can have we can have so many different aspects that would just be a lot of fun. Mm. Like I, I, really think that we could have a lot of fun
1: stuff. Um, but the team movie, the uh, what was that team called? The team of the the mess ups? Oh, the not the mess ups. The uh, the authority. Right. Well, I was going to say the fuck-ups, but okay. The The authority. The authority so- to me very much feels um, James Gunn taking his James Gunn eye and doing what he did with Guardians. It very much to me feels like a fun group that we will then see the ramifications later on. Kind of like with Guardians, right? They were this fun ragtag group that just happened to stumble into a, you know, huge plot point of the Marvel Universe. So the authority... um.
0: I've said it before, the best way to kind of think of it is like think Watchmen and the Seven from the boys and you kind of get the idea of what the authority is. Um, Initially, back uh, in 99, I think, Warren Ellis was the writer. Um, Warren Ellis is known for a lot of great stuff. If you guys don't know who Warren Ellis is, Google him. Read some of his stuff because he's got some amazing books. Astonishing X-Men, that was one of the first ones that you and I read and we're like, wow, Warren Ellis
1: is awesome. It's great. Um, such a good story. The art is out of this world for it. It doesn't last very long. It's a it's such a great story.
0: He's really good. Um he he also did a lot of great work with Constantine and Hellblazer and I a text message right now. Um but the authority was initially a car- a team called Stormwatch that was turned into the Authority. Um and you have a character named Apollo who's essentially a bio-engineered Superman. Um, you have Midnighter, a bioengineered Batman. Um, the engineer, a scientist. Uh, you got the Doctor. You have you have all these other characters, and their whole run is essentially the end justifies the means, and the world is the world is a piece of shit, and we're going to do whatever we can to save it. Um, and if that means kind of like an Ozymandias approach of doing some monstrosities to trick the world into being better, then that's what we're going to
1: do. Um, do you think we gear up? for them becoming a villain team or I our heroes what, I having like to confront to them and they're like, like superman shows up and goes hey guys stop doing what you're doing yeah. you're doing more
0: harm than good i honestly believe that the reason why we're having the authority set up is that they are going to have a confrontation we're not going to get this we're gonna not going to get this like gonna be the Just bad league. justice
1: league what is that? they're going to be the bad they're going to be a team yeah. That's not called the Justice League. And Superman's going to have to get a posse together to stop them. Yeah, we're not going to get the Justice League versus the Injustice League. We're not going to get the Justice League versus the
0: Legion of Doom. We're going to get the Justice League versus the Authority. Yeah. And it's going to be a battle of ideals. Two teams that want to do the right thing. One doing the right thing correctly. And the other wanting to do the right thing by killing millions to do the right thing. Like, it's
1: going to be very interesting. And then they could make deals they could be the brokers that make terrible deals with beings from other galaxies and all yeah. of that fun stuff later on.
0: So it'll be very interesting to see where they go with this route. but um, i'm I'm all for it. I'm really excited to see where these these stories go. And I think that in the end, we're gonna have um, a lot of fun with this uh, this new DCU. And if james Gunn is is truly committed, like he says he is, if he's trying to make these stories, uh be as faithful as you can to the source material we've got some great stuff coming our way and I cannot wait to see the Brave and the Bold just because this will be the first time since 95 97 that we have a cinematic
1: bat family I can't believe we're getting the whole bat family all at once it's, that it's ju- just just in this one movie Batman's going to show up and his cell phone's going to ring. It's going to Barbara Gordon. He's going to go, I can't talk to you right now. I have to babysit. And or then even we're just better, gonna...
0: Or even better. Batman's out on patrol. And, like, beep, beep, and
1: he's like, Oracle, what do you got for me? All he has to say is the word Oracle. And the audience go, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And then you set up all of these. You know, one of the things Star Wars does is it sets these plot points that we know this is true at this time. And it's like, oh, OK, great. When did she yeah. become Oracle? Exactly. How did that happen to her? What is her story entail? Exactly. And James Gunn said that he has the idea for having animated features tie into these things. Yes.
0: Give us all of these characters' origins and animated on HBO Max, and I'm all there. Like I'll be
1: like, okay, so let's watch I'll I'll take it one step further. Call it HBO Max Presents the Bat Family. Episode one, Batgirl. Episode two, Robin. Episode three, Nightwing. Boom. There it is. Like
0: I'm ready for that. Shut up and take my money. Shut up
1: and take my money. There it is. (laughs) There it is. Uh, It's very exciting. And it's so, you know, it's crazy. One of the things Prime always talks about is that that the DC universe is so big. It feels like they're taking big bites at a time. Even if they take nothing from All-Star Superman, but the world of All-Star Superman, that's a very flushed out Superman world.
0: And I think what would be cool about that world, you have things like Strikers Island, you have these these other aspects of the world that were very important. The the fact that Metropolis was essentially a Metropolis, like it's not going to be like it was in Superman Returns, where essentially Metropolis was just Sydney, right? Right. It's not right. going to be like, it's not going to be like Man of Steel or uh, BVS, where uh, it's essentially a cross between Chicago and New York. You're going to have a ground up built Metropolis that feels like the pinnacle of America. Mm like almost a futuristic city where they have the best technologies because star labs is next door.
1: Right. And it makes, uh, that's the other thing. It's like you have a world with Superman and alien tech. Wouldn't that make its way into the normal world? And even if it's little things like Hasbro presents the new hover skates, like, yeah. What is the technological future show up? You know, it, it's not a very good example because it's not that crazy. But it's like people in Silicon Valley, when they find the next iPhone at a bar somewhere, it's like, right, they have these technologies. They are testing so, these things out.
0: To me, I see this version of Metropolis looking a lot like that that um, that alternate timeline Earth from uh, Doctor Strange. We have all that technology everywhere. Sure. It's really pretty and very, like, utopian. And then you have these crazy villains, and that's why Superman has to show up. Like, that would be a lot of fun
1: to see. Sure, sure. Or see or see what Superman's influence on society is because obviously with Superman in the world it means that there are more possibilities. So yeah. what are the things that they're reaching for? Yeah, I mean you
0: have I, I don't see this Superman being the Superman that saves cats out of a trees, but I see this Superman as being the one that inspires people and causes the society to try to be a better version of itself. And that's why you have the escalation where Superman's not saving a cat out of a tree. Superman is fighting this monstrosity called Parasite fighting
1: down Fifth Avenue. Now, when Parasite throws him into a building and the rocks go down and try to hit people, Superman will stop those rocks. And if yeah. there's a cat in a tree, then he will get the cat. But you're right. We need to see, we need to see Superman fully fledged in his powers and confident in them. And whatever yeah. that leads to, we will then see. Exactly. But um, so
0: on that note, everyone, thank you all for joining us. I did want to take a second before we uh, wrap to kind of give you all a heads up for what's happening this week. As I said on the Instagram, tomorrow, the gents for Through the Monocle are going to be reviewing 2012's John Carter. It's kind of a sleeper hit for a lot of people. It was kind of a – it was a box office bomb purely on circumstantial and poor marketing. And they're going to talk about why this movie is great and why it deserves your time.
1: My sister, Elise, and her kids – Love this movie and always sing its praises and say it's you know it's the pinnacle of all these other sci-fi stories. Yeah. It, it's it got lost in the shuffle.
0: It did because the book was written over a hundred years ago. It's inspired half of sci-fi Hollywood today. The other half was inspired by Dune, but
1: the reality is that this was one of the cornerstones and. It came at a bad time it in Disney. Did. It just came at a bad time of Disney live action. I feel like everyone was so burned out on pirates that they didn't even give this movie a shot. And I think it was poorly marketed by
0: calling it John Carter and not saying John Carter of Mars or the yes. princess of Mars or whatever they could have called it. They calling it John Carter. People like what the hell is John Carter? And they just moved on. But um, they're going to be covering that tomorrow. So tune in and check that one out. And on Friday, our comic fellows are going to be reviewing Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. So if you all want to know what the hell this book is about and you can't find it, they're going to review it for you. They're going to give you a summary. They're going to talk about the pros, the cons, everything in between, and what that honestly could mean for the
1: movie. And that's Look how skinny that Supergirl is, and it makes me think about casting. I wonder who they're going to get to play this person because so it's, it's not going to gonna me, look like what we think. To me,
0: I really love. I've been watching a lot of Yellowstone and all those spinoffs. Of the course. girl who played uh, the daughter in 1883, Isabel May, I could see her be Supergirl. She's got that mm-hmm. that look, that Michael Turner Supergirl look. If anyone's... I always say I don't like fan casting, but I watched the crap out of that show with my wife because she never saw it. I'm like, we're going to watch this because it's Oregon Trail, the TV series. Let's watch this. And every time she was on screen, I'm like, give her a red cave. That's Supergirl. Mm. So to me, Isabel May would be a fantastic fit. And she's like 1920-ish, and she looks like she's 16, so it would sure, work. Sure, sure. So lots of fun there. But uh, thank you all for joining us. If you want to help us keep the lights on, head over to patreon.com slash theculturenerd. Join one of those tiers. Um, you can also like and subscribe to this channel to help us uh, kind of grow because we we need it. For those of you who do currently support us, Thank you so much. And thank you again, Jose Navarro for this awesome logo and the, the new revamped aesthetic. For those of you at home, scan that QR code, check out our socials, check out our other platforms, uh, support us in the other, the other ad, the avenues and we will keep at it. So thank you again for joining us and we will see you all next week. And for those of you who like the channel, the through the monocle gents, we'll see you tomorrow. And then on Friday, we'll see you for the cultured polis And then wrapping up again on Monday for, A TCN rundown. So thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. See you next time, kids of tomorrow.